All right, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Red Pill News. I hope you're having a lovely day. Joining me once again for our monthly chat about all things precious metals, crypto, and markets is my good friend Bob Kudla from Trade Genius Academy. Bob, how you doing? You sound like you got a bit of a cold. Oh, you know, a little summer, uh, little summer. It's my husky voice today. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I love the markets. Okay. So, uh, well, how about your fourth? How, how, how was your uh, your holiday? Oh, uh, we loved it. You know, this is a, now we have like two holidays. Well, actually, three holidays within six weeks now with Memorial Day, Juneteenth, and, and July 4th. So, like, I'm actually looking forward to actually working the rest of the summer. Right on. So, uh, <laughs> it was good. It was calm. It was nice. You know, so... Uh, I'm sure yours was good too in the free state of Florida. Oh yeah. Even though my governor wants to take some of your people back, which is hilarious. I, I saw that. <laughs> I, I was going to ask you about that. I thought that was pretty comical. Uh, well, before we get into all that, let me just tell everybody what Trade Genius is and, and what do you guys do. Yeah. So Trade Genius, we uh, <clears throat> excuse me. So we've created a couple of really effective algorithms to help trade the markets, and, and it really doesn't matter what market. So crypto. The stock market, the futures markets, it's uh, it's based on uh, money flows, it's based on levels, and it's based on probabilities. So we use those mechanisms to help us find high probability setups to trade in the markets. And it doesn't really matter to us whether it's a bull market or a bear market. There's always opportunities. And how we communicate and, and give you guys the edge is that not only do we teach you how to use this system. We actually give you access to the algorithms and the indicators. We have chat rooms and which we're on discord now. So the interaction and the engagement is really high level. And uh, so I'm able to see all the communication that goes through, even if I'm not in the chat room, I just have it on my phone. So really good way to communicate with each other and with myself. And then also we give you trades too every day. So not only do we teach you how to use the system, but while you're learning, we, we kind of help you get along the way here and take trades. And so it doesn't matter if you're a beginner or if you're an experienced trader, I think you'll love the systems that we put together. Time test it. We've been running the same system with just minor tweaks for the last seven years, and it works out really well. And if I could just do a quick um, quick plug here. So we put offers together, Zach. So if people want to trade with us, uh, you can get a bundle 65% off. If you want to just get anything non-bundle like training or just <clears throat> indicators and things like that, you can just use promo code SUMMER and get 40% off. You have to take advantage of it by this Saturday. I think it's the 12th. And then for your listeners, too, because we're going to talk crypto a little bit, some really exciting things happened in the crypto trading space since the last time we talked. You know, So they haven't come up with a Bitcoin uh, a, you know, spot ETF, but they came up with a Bitcoin short futures ETF called BITI. And that's actually bullish. I'll explain a little bit later. And then also they came out with um, a micro Bitcoin futures, one one hundredth of a Bitcoin, which you could trade now on some of these futures exchanges, which is also awesome. And so we're going to teach people who buy the crypto package from us this month from USAC. We're going to go ahead and the first of next month, we're going to have a 90-minute webinar to show people three or four ways in which they can trade and hedge and monetize Bitcoin while still either growing their stash or 
uh, hodling their stash. Some tremendous opportunities out here. And I thought I'd just throw that offer out to you. We're only offering it to you, yourself, and one other one other person that I do interviews with. So it's very, very important that uh, people take advantage of this. It's a, it's this is probably a thousand dollar seminar that you're gonna we're gonna give away for free for people that buy the annual package from us on crypto. So take advantage of it by the eleventh. So. So that's it. Thank you for letting me plug. Absolutely. And of course, the information is in the description below. <clears throat> so what you just described there, the ability to profit off of your Bitcoin without actually having to sell it is pretty important. Um, you know, I'm not an expert on crypto. I like crypto. And that's why I like talking to other people about crypto, because then I can learn more. And then also the audience can learn more. But somebody recently asked me to come on their show because they knew nothing about crypto. And I was talking about uh, my knowledge of it. One of the important things that I forgot to mention in that interview is that one of the inherent valuable aspects of Bitcoin is that there is a limited supply. And every so often during the halvings, it becomes harder and harder to mine it. So the Bitcoin that you hold becomes intrinsically more valuable because people want it. And if you're not selling it, if it's not out there on the market, well, then you're not going to be directly profiting from it. But can you explain a little bit more about how these uh, options work that you just mentioned there? I mean, how does somebody profit from the Bitcoin, sell incentives to make money if they're not putting it out there? Yeah, so you know, everybody went rushed into the DeFi and the Celsius and the Luna because everybody wanted to uh, lend out their coin, if you will. Mm -hmm. Well, you won't even have to do that. Uh, I never have done that. It's it's. Um, I never want to put at risk my asset that I own. So that's those are things called out there called derivatives. So there's the futures market, and 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 with the with BITI, which is an ETF. So it works opposite of a Bitcoin. Like so, if Bitcoin goes up. You know, you're, you'll expect BITI to go down and vice versa. So let's say you hold one Bitcoin. You never want to sell it, but you're freaked out because it's 65000 You know, oh, it's pretty high. I'm a little nervous. You know, I, I want to sell it. Well, if you sell it, you create a tax event. And what if it just turns right around on you and it shoots up to $100,000? you are you are frozen. You'll never get back in. Well, you can use futures contracts to go ahead and uh, and and speculate on Hey, I think Bitcoin may go down here for the next like six weeks, right? So you can then you can actually short the Bitcoin market mm. with, with with futures contracts. You can buy BITI, which is an ETF, and or you can buy puts on Mara and Riot, which are the miners, or you can buy puts on Square and MicroStrategies, which have a lot of their balance sheet is in Bitcoin. But you never touch your Bitcoins off to the side. It's like you put it, it's away. But you're able to now speculate, you know, in these markets to protect your position without ever touching your, your Bitcoin. And so there's, there's actually even, you know, way as long as you have margin in your account, you can you can do spreads against BITI. And we'll, and we'll teach people how to do all those things. But this thing with the futures contracts are huge because people say, oh, they're futures contracts. They're going to destroy Bitcoin like they're going to destroy gold. Well, the difference between is that the gold miners are always selling into the position too because they they uh, they always have to fund their operations. Well, the the Bitcoin miners they're they're not like gold miners, so you don't have a bunch of supply that has to come online to to pay the bills, if you will. So you get these these uh, leverage moves on the short side of Bitcoin, and all they are is like a coiled spring that just rips the market higher. 
And so you want to be in a position where you see that coiling happening or you start seeing the open interest rising on the short side too much. They have to monetize that position. So big money has to set, close those shorts to make money, Zach. When they close those shorts, guess what? Price goes up and they catch all the late the late people off sides. Then they have to cover higher. And so you want to be in a position where you can just go ahead and just ride these squeezes all day. And it's just another way to make money. We think it's awesome. It's finally tools are out there for people. And eventually you'll see a, a long spot futures contract with Bitcoin. It'll eventually come. And, you know, GBTC, you know, which is an ETF that's kind of not, they want to have a spot on it. They sued the SEC to say, hey, mm. what WTF, right? And so those things will all come out as this matures. The big banks are all buying, if you notice, as you do, because you're yeah. you're more deep into this than I personally am, because I'm more of a stock guy, but I, you know, I do have my stash, is that the whales, uh, institutional whales are accumulating. Oh, yeah. They, they, they probably force these Luna and these Celsius and these other exchanges to blow up because they needed to free up the the coins that there's that were held on these exchanges for their own personal you know gain you saw goldman sachs was like licking their chops oh yeah. hey we'll buy celsius stuff if they go bankrupt you know because they know they just can't get it if goldman sachs went on the open market and tried to buy the bitcoin they wanted to buy behalf of their customers bitcoin would be a hundred thousand so just like the stock market whenever you see a big push down like in the market and you start seeing it come back that's big money chasing out small money oh, yeah. to buy things cheaper. And the same thing happens in crypto. And crypto is just more pure. That's why you see these moves that are so extreme Yeah, is because you don't have a mature derivative market. So I hope that helped you. I hope that wasn't too long-winded. No. <clears throat> we'll definitely help you guys do this. I mean, what you'll get out of the training is worth more than what you get just being with us for a year. And we give trades out every day. So, you know, there's, there's opportunities in Bitcoin every day. You know, there's there's a few... Bitcoin pairs where you just can grind your way into money while you're waiting for Bitcoin to do its thing again, you know, probably September, October, which is really interesting because it's going to tie into the liquidity that's going to come into the stock market because the Fed screwed the pooch with their tightening here and all things are lining right up. It's Bitcoin for us now. I used to check the futures market first thing when I get up in the morning to find out what the stock market's going to do. Now we check Bitcoin. Because Bitcoin is a liquidity play now. And if Bitcoin is getting bid, we know that there's going to be money out there to bid the stock market. So Bitcoin's become a canary in the coal mine. And so it's becoming a really effective asset for people. Painful for people who bought at the highs here. Right, right. Just like in 2017, you're going to have to go through your purgatory, you know, until it rips up again. But the halving, as you mentioned, is going to create a shortage at Bitcoin and people that are on the short side of that market are going to be the people who are going to fund you and me as this thing goes higher into the future. Well, I'm certainly looking forward to it. You know, I've got a lot of friends who had a lot of Bitcoin and they are a little bit nervous about uh, the way things are going. But I think pretty much everybody understands that this is cyclical. There, there are ebbs and flows and it's going to drop. And just like you said, 
those big institutional whales are waiting for that dip so that they can get in there and buy it. I think everybody should be buying uh, when it's on the dip like this. What you don't want to do is get that FOMO when you see it creeping up, you know, super, super high and then think, oh, now I've got to get in because inevitably it's going to go down and you're going to lose money. I mean, I think it's happened to pretty much everybody. Um, but yep. uh, so what What about the precious metals market, Bob? I saw gold uh, was as low as I've ever seen it in the last couple of years. It was right around $1,700 earlier. Silver's down. I didn't see where platinum was. But, um, you know, what do you think's happening with the, the pressure on the precious metals market? You know, same problem that crypto has. Is the dollar is just enormously strong. And the Fed is just being extremely hawkish with their tone. And so... You know, you have to understand gold is kind of like Bitcoin in a sense that gold is Bitcoin is. And so when a dollar strong, people who own dollars get to buy those things at less cost. Mm-hmm. You know, you ask the Europeans how Bitcoin and gold are doing in euros and they're going to say it's doing just fine because the euro is now collapsing towards parity to the dollar. And so in order for us to Americans to see the value uh, of our holdings in in gold and Bitcoin and silver and other commodities other than energy is that we're going to have to wait for the dollar to relent. I mean, it's at 107 or something today. There's calls for 115. So now we're starting to see those FOMO calls, which means the dollar is probably going to roll over soon. So we just have to be patient. It's one of those things you, we buy these things, they're insurance policies. You know, all of us want to be, we want to buy the life insurance policy, but we want to cash in and not die. <laughs> so now we, we really have to wait for these things. They're really designed. Bitcoin's designed for the collapse of the banking system or the fiat system, right? Yeah. And, and gold and silver are designed for the, for the collapse of the banking or the economic system. And so, you know, you're going to get your ebbs and flows, but the true value of owning those things long term is when the system doesn't oscillate on the, on the economic and the banking side and it actually breaks, that's when everybody's going to be scrambling for these assets and you're going to want to own them now. And then you know, trade in and out. Just say with gold and silver. I own a bunch of gold and silver miners. I'm selling calls against them while I'm waiting. You know, I'm in my purgatory there, but I don't care. You know, and so every week you can sell against those. That's a strategy that we use on the, the, you know, the stock side. If you have something you want to own long term, make sure they have options on it. So that you can monetize while you're waiting. You know, in two, two and a half years, you can monetize your entire a cost of, of owning a, a stock if it trades weekly on options. So there's a lot of strategy you can do so you don't stress on these things. All right. Uh, another ebb and flow that I wanted to make sure I, I asked you about, uh, Bob, is uh, – the idea of the grand solar minimum and grand solar maximum, uh, because we've talked about it a number of times. Somebody on Truth Social had asked me what I thought about this maximum that we're supposed to be in. But I was under the impression that we were kind of in one of those uh, those ebb moments with a, a grand solar minimum or at least a minimized amount of solar radiation. Where are we at with this and what's your understanding? Yeah, well, a sunspot cycle, sunspot cycle is 11 year cycle. So, you know, anywhere between five and seven years, you're going to get a um, maximum number of of sunspots before the earth, sun goes quiet again. And so we're just in one of those upticks in the sunspot, sunspot cycle. And but we're in the, in the grip of a grand solar minimum, which is going to play out in the early 2030s. And so, 
so you get these you get these bumps and and it rolls over. If you notice, um, Pacific Ocean is getting colder and colder, mm. and so so you got you got this eleven year cycle, then you got these thirty year cycles, and you got these eighty year cycle. You got these all these different cycles, and the ocean cycles now. The Pacific has turned cold, and the Atlantic is starting to turn cold, and and those things are all going to co- coincide when we come out of this next um, this sunspot maximum that we're having which is different than a grand solar minimum or maximum grand solar maximum. We ha- happened in the seventies and we've been, we've been drifting down from there and we're going to go into a minimum in the thirties. And then we're going to go back to a solar maximum again, you know, in the 2060s or 2070s. So everything's cyclical, but the problem is we don't know when that system breaks too. There's never been like a long-term solar maximum. Okay. But we have, we have evidence of long-term solar minimums right i.e. a little ice age and right. stuff like that so um you know which is ironic you actually want to pray for solar maximums okay you don't want solar minimums all right we want solar minimums because we're going to shut up the climate change knuckleheads sure. you know and uh, but solar maximums are actually wonderful for for uh, prosperity on earth solar minimums when you have wars and dying and fights and 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 um famines okay and I fear all this stuff's coming together into that 2030 area. You know, there's a reason why the WEF and all these people target 2030, because they know that's when all these cycles come together. These people mm-hmm. aren't stupid. They're notorious. And so I wouldn't worry about a bump in the solar, um, um, solar activity. It's definitely um, it'll play itself out through 2024. And down we go again. Okay. And didn't you say earlier that uh, we just had the coldest June on record? I mean, I think that, you know, if if we can look to anything, uh, I mean, that's right there. So I, it doesn't seem to me like there's more sun or that we're getting more activity than usual. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And I, and I could be wrong exactly in that term. I think it could have been the fastest drop of June temperatures on record, something okay. like that. But anyway, it was cold and it was unexpected. And People don't realize because we all live in the northern hemisphere. The southern hemisphere is really struggling. Really? Okay. With, with cold. Yeah. So um, they're having problems. And look what happened in New Hampshire in the last three weeks. A, a hiker died on top of Mount Washington because he froze to death. Oh, hypothermia. I, I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> snow. It's snow in June. So, wow. So, you know, you have these. Um, yeah. And I live in Southern California. We've had a very cool, very cool summer. In fact, it's cold right now. It's July, you know, um, and we, we, it's been cool here. So, and the and Pacific Ocean is getting really cold, and so which is a problem for us because it's um, it cre- creates a, ja- a drought in the West, which we've had now for the last three years. I, I was it's just going to say, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, Lake Mead. Lake Mead is almost completely gone, and that means that the Hoover Dam is going to be empty. That means they can't produce electricity. I mean, that's going to be a big problem out there. Yeah, yeah. Good thing those renewables, huh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, even, even those renewables struggle. Yeah, so, I mean, look, the hope is that we're going to have a decent monsoon season. It started off strong, and then it started to, to cycle down. But yeah, unless until the Atlantic gets negative, these are called negative and positive phases. Pacific's in a negative phase. And once the Atlantic goes into a negative phase, then out here in California, we get a lot of rain. So um, in fact, they used to call that period the, the hurricane coast of California. So it's it's kind of rare when it lines up like this. But when it lines up this way, the hurricane's coming off of, of a Baja and off of a you know, Mazatlan and Acapulco, they swing up and they they circle back into uh, you know, in the Baja now, 
in Arizona, but they'll circle up higher and they'll hit California. So, so we're, you know, obviously you get one hurricane that, that will hit, will fill those lakes up. But, you know, until we get one and we don't get out of this La Nina that we're in, uh, which causes actually hurricanes where you live, Zach. Mm. So, um, so you can expect probably a fairly active hurricane season too. And none of this has anything to do with carbon dioxide. It has everything to do with the sun and the ocean. So that's right. That's right. <clears throat> well, I, I'm actually kind of looking forward to to seeing what the hurricane season is actually all about. Um, I think the area where I live, it hasn't been particularly bad. But of course, as soon as I move here, that would be the time that it would uh, kick it up a notch and we'd be in trouble. All right. I did also want to ask you, sticking with this kind of uh, uh, nature and, and land usage, there is uh, currently some strife happening in the Netherlands. Apparently, the government of the Netherlands has imposed some uh, restrictions on farmers. Can you tell us what's happening there? Yeah. So, you know, I guess Ruti, I don't know exactly how to say his name. He's definitely an acolyte of um, of Klaus Schwab. Yeah. And uh, so they've been imposing more and more draconian um, climate restrictions on, um, you know, basically the use of carbon dioxide. But he this time he shifted to nitrogen. The reason why he did that is because most people, most farmers develop nitrogen from natural gas. Mm-hmm. OK. And that's ammonia. And, and and use that on their farms and, and create methane comes from the cattle. So he basically said that there's a 30% reduction in nitrogen they have to impose. They started that imposition and started to shut down some of the farms in, in the Netherlands. And, and people don't realize the Netherlands after the United States is one of the top, you're, you're talking the Netherlands and, and Israel, the United States, Australia. I mean, they're in that camp of food exporting. Mm. Okay, these people are awesomely efficient but you need fertilizer and you need natural gas you need heat because they're everything's under glass in that country and they're trying to shut it down and the farmers say we're done being done with this so so they decided um to um uh protest and they protested in mass the german farmers see that coming too i don't know europe seems to be on some sort of collective suicide watch yeah i, I Really, I don't understand these people at all. And I think personally, I think these people, well, they're extremely arrogant. They don't care about you and I because, you know, they're not going to be affected by it because, you know, they get taxed. All those politicians in Europe, all their income is tax free. People don't know that. And they oh. get stipends that are tax free. I have no yeah, idea. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They get all kinds of goodies and they get to shop at duty free shops. They don't pay that. I mean, these people are definitely separated from the folk. Wow. And so, so they don't care if, you know, if uh, if their people suffer because they're looking for a greater good of, you know, basically depopulating the world. Right. Mm-hmm. So they can have, you know, these beautiful parks and stuff like that. And 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 um, but I think they ran out of runway. I think they thought they could do it. I think Russia really screwed up their plans. And uh, number one is they thought Russia would just roll over, you know, especially when as the wars first started, they were kind of laughing at. That the Russians, they, they don't read history. The Russians treat their people even worse than we treat our people. And they just, they, they just threw people at the problem, you know, and Russia will just keep throwing people at the problem until they solve the problem. And look, now Donbass and Luhansk are in, in Crimea or in, in control. 
And now he's threatening Odessa. So he now can pick his time whenever he wants to just close Ukraine off from the whole Black Sea. And they thought they could sanction him. And what did that do? It blew up right in our faces. Mm-hmm. And and I think people didn't realize that he controls oil, natural gas, platinum, palladium, strategic metals, fertilizer, wheat. Okay. I mean, every and, and what does Western Europe produce? I think there's only like one country in Western Europe, like, you know, that is food and energy independent. And I think France is probably the closest to that. You can say whatever you want about the French, you know, and I think they're a bunch of knuckleheads in charge, but they're eminently practical. They made sure that they got nuclear power for 94% of their energy needs and they produce enough food in their country to feed their people. Germany, for whatever reason, is let's get rid of our nuclear so that we can rely on Russia, who we fought two world wars with, you right. know, and now we're kind of lining up for a third one, you know, and uh, and so, yeah, so I just think all this is going to blow up on them. And look what's happening. Same thing's happening here. You know, I was, people are very, very negative and really upset. Oh, yeah. You know, just because these people are, are notorious and have a plan and are immoral doesn't mean they're going to win, okay? It just means that, the struggle is going to be profound yeah. for us. And so, so I think that's what's happening there. I think, you know, that grocery stores in Netherlands are empty. I saw that. And, you know, and the way you fight these people is, you don't, you, you, I call it the Gandhi approach. You, you fight them by the Gandhi approach. You know, you, you can't go toe to toe, you know, you know, the opposite of love is it's not hate. It's indifference. And you just basically, at some point you refuse to play. Mm-hmm. And yeah. these people rely on, they're parasitic. So they, they, they require you to participate in order for them to profit. And I think the Dutch farmers are like, guess what? We're not playing anymore. It's done. And so, uh, so it's done a small country and we'll see if the flames flames fan here a little bit. Look, Eastern Europe already went right because Russia is over there. They saw Germany and France abandoned them. So, you know, United Kingdom and America, Scandinavia now is, in the pro-U.S., I call it the pro-Anglosphere, I should say. So that's what's setting up right now, Zach. If we just kind of drift off a little bit. So you have continental Europe, which I think is literally going to implode, and then you got this Anglosphere out there, right? You got the United States, Australia, Canada, New Zealand, and um, Great Britain, and then you know, then you have the non-aligned countries that Russia and China are trying to put together. But you know, that's a den of forty thieves. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if I want Argentina in my club. You know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, yeah, Argentina and India—they have to play it very carefully because they're friends of Russia, but they're enemies of China. Right. You know, so uh, I would say at some point, and Israel's definitely in the Anglosphere orbit because obviously they couldn't survive without us. Unless, you know, you're of the Christian belief that God's going to protect Israel at all costs. I'm not going to get in that debate today. But from a practical standpoint, it's, um, you know, the United States is supportive of um, of Israel. So Israel is with us. Right. And then Turkey is, a, is an entity unto itself, too. So there's just really wild things happening in Europe that I think the Europeans are, are they're not going to have time for tomfoolery anymore. And then one last thing, too, with this is that, you know, we we release uh, gas out of strategic petroleum reserve or Mm -hmm. oil, I should say. And then we exported the same amount that we released. I mean, so we're still doing the bidding of Europe. So until that changes, 
Look, Europe's going to have to go through their catharsis. Somebody said they're going to go through their emerging market crisis. Europe, Europe, continental Europe is going to go from a first-rate world to potentially, or well, second-rate for sure. I feel sad for it, but they have nobody to blame but themselves, and they're parasitic, and people are now not allowing them to continue their colonial ways. Well, it you know it almost seems like the same thing is happening here, Bob. I mean, clearly to me as well, it looks like Europe is imploding upon itself. They're creating their own issues, and this conflict with Russia is just making things worse. But the same thing is happening over here. I mean, the decisions this administration is making, while at the same time refusing to address the issues of a number of different problems, they are pushing us towards the point of insolvency and total collapse. You know, I don't think it's going to be too far off where we're not going to be able to get a lot of the products that people need here in the United States. We've had the uh, continued destruction of food processing plants. That's happening over in Europe as well. Uh, We have the issues with our own uh, fertilizer and farms here in the United States. The gas just keeps getting more expensive. I mean, at a certain point, I think you're right. People are going to have to say, no more, I will not participate. That's the only way that we're going to be able to beat them. Yeah, and I think the Supreme Court finally has, uh, I think people don't fundamentally understand the, the Supreme Court. You know, we basically have essentially, is it five Catholics? And then and just Justice Thomas, I don't think he's Catholic, but um, but let's let's essentially say there's there's six people. You know, that that court is not socially conservative. You know, Catholics aren't socially conservative. Right. They're socially they're socially liberal in the sense that it doesn't affect human life. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the abortion thing was an anomaly for them because to to a Catholic, life is life. You know, a practicing Catholic, I should say. But on other things, look, they turned right around and said, you know, if somebody's a refugee, they don't have to wait in the third world, third country to come in. So, they, so, so, you know, so people don't really understand this. But what they are for sure is they're, 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 we're blowing up the, the, we're, re, I should say, we're reinstituting the federalization, the, the federalistness of the United States versus right. the federalization of the United States. Look, the left always, always wanted to, turn our republic into a democracy because they can use mob rule right. um, and extortion and, and gifts to, to do it. They hated the state right thing because they're forced them to compromise and have consensus. And, and, and I think the, the court now is in a position where they're, look, they're, they're ending the, the uh, administrative state. Okay. And they're ending the, the, the federalization of policies. And so I think this is a good thing because now people are going to see the laboratory where why is Florida successful, but California is not right. Those yeah. kind of things. And so people can then gaze where versus when it's federal, they kind of can cover everything over. Yeah. They pass and the buck, so, pass the bucket and, and confuse the heck out of you. And now it's just crystal clear, you know, 20, I think was it 20, I think it was 29 States that are Republican or whatever like that, or, mm-hmm. or with legislators. Well, you know, now we have a situation now where people can actually see. And look, look what you did. You know, you moved from blue to red, yep. right? And so a lot of people do that. And so I think you're going to see that migration continue. Blue to red, urban to rural, you know, uh, uh, old to young. What I mean old to young is that the older are going to die off and the young are, are – are, they're different. My daughter is different than me. Oh, yeah, me you know, too. She's not a conservative – and but she's more libertarian in a sense. Yeah, she you knows she's she's absolutely leave me alone. 
Okay. Yeah. So she, she don't want, don't tax me. Don't tell me what I can do with my body in all aspects. Mm-hmm. Don't tell me I can't, you know, smoke dope if I want to, you know, I'm not saying she does these things, but that's how, that's how she leans, you mm-hmm. know, like leave me alone. Who are you? You know, she said too many old people are running the country right now. And I think she's not alone in this thinking because I don't think she's a, that's an original thought. I think that's a consensus thought yeah. for these kids. And, uh, I think it's wonderful, you know, and uh, um, as long as, you know, she keeps Social Security and Medicare alive till I kick, you know, um, <laughs> you know she, can, uh, she can do whatever she wants. But I remind her, I said, if you vote against that, I said, daddy's not going to give you the house when you die. So well, you're going to have to you have to pick your poison. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I can seriously relate. You know, I, I always considered myself to be a libertarian until I felt comfortable identifying as a Republican because of Donald Trump. But, you know, I. I don't I want to live and let live. I don't want anybody's decisions to impact mine. Clearly, you know, I I mean, uh, people have rights. I think they should be upheld. I want the federal government out of it. I think we have uh, just far too large a government. We have state governments in place. They know the people of those states that live there better than some uh, district in in uh, in in the Virginia area. Uh, And uh, I I think that's what we need to get back to, that federalist mindset. You know, I mean, it needs to be our own governments in each of these different states. And if people don't like the policies of California, well, they can do what I did and they can move down to Florida and then they can help enrich that state and uh, and continue to keep it going. Yeah. And I think the right needs to be careful, too. Look, I'm a conservative Christian. Yeah. But I have no problem if you're gay. I Mm -hmm. have no problem if you're transgender. I have no problem with any of that. As long as the imp- you don't impose those things on to me, That's or it. you don't like Title Nine, you don't impose rules on to me or onto my daughter playing sports. You know, you know. Um, I think living le- and I think the right should be smart to restrict themselves to those things. Look, God will take care of His people. Yeah. Okay, you know, if you're a Christian, you follow God's rules. If you're not a Christian, you live in the United States. Mm-hmm. Okay, these are your rights. You know, and and I think we, if we get to that balance, then you know people won't be so hateful of, of, of the Christian right movement, you know, um, and and you know, hey, we can evangelize. It's my right to evangelize. I want to tell people there's hope in Christ, right? right. But at the same time, you know, you, you just can't be like the Catholic Church again, mm-hmm. you know, or the of old, you know, impose you know your witch hunts and stuff like that, like the left is doing. I mean, I, the left blows me away, Zach. I mean. I just can't believe what they've done to themselves. You know, four years ago, you know, I, you know, um, even after Trump was, when I was starting getting shaky with the election, you know, we knew this cheating was going to happen. I'm like, oh, the Democrats are going to be in charge for a generation. And here I am now saying, is there going to be a Democratic Party in four years? You know, I agree. How fast they just jumped off a cliff. And uh, it's perfect. And just to show you. Yeah, I love it. I absolutely love it because there, there's no way that they're going to remain in power. I, I think it'll be difficult for them to survive as a party. And, you know, and what you were saying there about uh, imposing your beliefs on other people, you know, th- that's exactly how I feel. You know, I am comfortable to live my own life. I don't care what you do in your own life. It's when you force other people to subscribe to your beliefs or uh, to your philosophies, because it went from 
accepting people to if you don't fully subscribe to everything we tell you, then we're going to destroy you. So, hey, you know what? If that's the uh, the if that's the uh, mindset that you're going to take, you know, then you can go ahead and shove off and we'll see. We, we've already seen firsthand what the policies of the liberals have done to this country. And it's been staggering the the, the speed with which things have just completely gone downhill. And at this point, people are going to vote Republican just so they can get out from under the thumb of these bad policies. Yeah, look, the pop, the pendulum swings. You know, this country is center right. And I think the left made another huge error. You know, they thought they could buy off the Hispanic vote mm-hmm. by saying, hey, we let you in. The white people hate you to like the Hispanics are looking around saying, hey, it's a pretty damn nice country. Yeah, I don't yeah. think I want to destroy it. Oh, you know what? And I'm Catholic and I like life and I like family and I like kids. And I like to work hard, you know, and I don't like the fact that you're shoving more people into my communities now that I can't go to the doctor. I can't work. I have crime now. You know, I got people undercutting my wages. You know, the Hispanic community became Americans, yep. you know, and it look and I mean, they have turned on the left wholesale. And uh, and, you know, and I think, uh, you know, and I love that. That's it always happens in this country. You know, it's called the wheel of retailing. If you've ever heard of it, you hop in at the bottom you know, and your first thing is to get up to that next level, that next rung. And, you know, the next generation out here in California, you know, when I was younger, these guys had all menial jobs. Now they have all the tech jobs. And when I mean technical, I mean like plumber, painter, contractor. And I was talking to the, the painter contractor just got done. I said, I said, yeah, these kids now working for you are going to probably own it. He goes, he goes, they already are owning it. He <laughs> said, he goes, when we, when we're done, he said, he goes, they're, they're all going to be Hispanic owned in the trades here because, they, it, it's just generation up going up and and you know, they want the same thing everybody else does. Yeah. And, and I just feel saddest for the African-American community because they're trapped in the hell holes that they were put in. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I just hope that that breaks out, you know, Trump, I think had the first crack at that, mm-hmm. you know, if we get Trump too, I think he'll break that open even more. And, you know, if it's not Trump two, if it's DeSantis one, then I think he feels the same way. And, you know, and once we free those folk, you know, from from the bondage of the Democratic Party, then 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 maybe some of these unsolvable problems can start getting solved. I agree. You know, that's my prayer. Yeah. You know, and also uh, I think when you inject a little bit of personal responsibility, I mean, taking away the uh, you know total uh, freedom to have an abortion at any time you want. I mean, people have to start thinking about the decisions they're making. They have to be responsible. Uh, and, you know, perhaps some of that safety net's going to get taken away and it's going to force people out into the workforce. Uh, so you know, I think we are moving in a positive direction. This is uh, this is what we need. We need to be able to rely on each other and we have to have a strong community. And if you don't value children, if you don't value the lives of your children, you don't value your your elders, then that community just disintegrates. Yep, I agree. Right. I agree. Yeah, I'm overall very positive, you know, and um Maybe next month when we talk, um, it'll be in July, I can set us up for the economic environment to to the election because it's going to be fairly chaotic, but um, there's definitely going to be opportunities. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, just want to say thank you once again for being here, Bob, and uh, tell everybody one more time where they can find you. Yeah, go to tradelikeagenius.com or tradegeniusacademy.com. The specials that we talked about, 65% off. Take advantage by the 12th of, of July, 40% off use promo code SUMMER. And if you buy any of the crypto packages in the bundles or annual package, um, 
uh, you automatically get invited to this free webinar by Phil, a guy who's been trading crypto since the beginning, and uh, and he's a miner, and and he, nobody knows more about crypto than he does. And we'll teach you guys how to survive and thrive in this environment that we're in in crypto today. All right, for free. Well, thank you once again for being here, Bob. Thank you, everybody at home. I am going to be on 412 Anon's show today at 5 p.m. So if you're seeing this before, then make sure you tune in. And until next time, good luck and God bless.